the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. So all week I um, struggled with um, this morning's lessons, uh, and so I kept working, I kept struggling, and what, what I was struggling with was trying to put two different things together, I guess is what I was really sort of struggling with, and it reminded me even actually this morning earlier that of a, in seminary um, in our uh, homiletics class, preaching class, where um, you practice sermon, you give a sermon, and afterwards they critique and try to be loving and kind, which they're not always, but they do. Um, and so uh, in this one particular case, I remember in, in my case was that the, their first feedback was that, that was really two great sermons all at once. And so I thought, God, it sort of feels like that, but it's not exactly what it feels like. And so I thought, you know, maybe I'll try to introduce this a little differently and maybe capture your imagination for one and then apply it is what I want to say. So what I want to, and it's not twice as long, so if you're worried about that, don't, 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 don't worry about that. It's not going to be twice as long, but, but they, are, they are, anyway, you'll see. We'll see how we go. So I read an article, <clears throat> the headline of the article read, the average person wants to read the Bible more, but is reading it less. It's a Bible in America study, and it reports that 62% of people um, surrounding churches, about, on the outside of the churches, would like to read the Bible more. They want to read the Bible more. And another study reports that 87% of the people in the church want help understanding the Bible and learning the Bible more. But yet, Bible reading is waning as a practice among people. And they say that recent studies demonstrate that just in one generation to come, the number of occasional Bible readers has fallen by 20%. They make the math of a, a calculation of 700 people per day, and, and they highlight that if that truth continues, by 2040, two-thirds of Americans will have no meaningful connection to the Bible. Sobering thought, isn't it? And there's one thing we've realized, which is maybe why I was so enamored by this part of it. There's one aspect of, the, of that reality about the scriptures that, that, that I've been experiencing a little bit in our own growth this uh, year already with some of our study in, and that is that, that perhaps uh, there's a bit more of what I want to call a cultural American church familiarity with the scriptures is that, that we know the stories we've heard the stories and we kind of have our own you know what we talk about is like we have our own tape recording that when we hear a particular passage of scripture we go oh I know that story you know it just kind of goes and, and however we've been influenced by the culture be it be it reading books be it be it on watching movies be it on television um, whatever it is you know Father Kendall used this morning as, as a classic example of that um, an article in today's Post and Courier that says something about what we're talking about, heaven and earth, that, that, I mean, has no correlation. It's a much more cultural Christian perspective in the newspaper, and that influences sometimes more than the Word of God. And so we see that in, in, in our own. You know, and the, the catechism says that, that, that we should expect the Holy Spirit to use Scripture to teach, rebuke, correct, and train in righteousness. 
And if, if, as we learn, you know, one of the things we could be guilty of is that it's not a, it's not a, uh, a Bible trivia game where we know all the different answers about there or there. No, we're, we're to take that prayer in the colics seriously, to hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the Holy Scriptures so that by patience and strengthening through God's Word, I may embrace and cling to the hope of everlasting life given to me. And the catechism goes on and says, I should read and pray scripture daily that I may know God's truth and proclaim it. So the priority and the preeminence of the word of God and our being familiar with it and knowing it has really been on my heart, really pounded me. And if you remember, you heard this first lesson where there's the picture of the people of Israel. They're, they are a divided nation and they have neglected God. And it's represented by the fact that the temple is in a shambles. It's in a mess. It's not been cleaned up or restored at all. And so we have two illustrations I want to highlight about, about the significance of the word of God. And so then I'll give you a foretaste. Then I want to look at the gospel. So you're getting the first sermon sort of this way. So what's happened is the temple's sort of in, in shambles and it's all kind of messed up. And so the young King Josiah... He's eight years old when he comes to the throne, and now 18 years later, he says, golly, the temple's a mess. We need to get it fixed up. We need to repair it. So he sends his assistant, and he sends an assistant over to get the money that's there and to get the money and to pay to get this temple fixed and built, rebuilt. And so Shaban goes to the temple, and he gets the high priest, and he says, okay, we're going to fix this place up. We're going to clean it up. We're going to rebuild it. We're going to make it really good. And so they begin the work, and they find the money that's in there, and they get the money, and they're able to pay the people to start doing the work. And lo and behold, the high priest finds the book of the law. He finds the scriptures, and he reads the scriptures, and he goes, man, we need to get this back to the king. So he gives it to his assistant. Now, here's the one that we want to pay attention to. He gives it to his assistant, and his assistant, it says, reads the scriptures. And so then he goes back and he takes the the book of the law to the king. And he says to the king, wow, we got into the temple and we found the money and we started paying the workmen and they started fixing up the whole thing and they took everything and they restored it and it was wonderful and it was, you know, just really going great. And oh yeah, we, we found this book. This book was in there, so here's the book. You see, it had no impact on him whatsoever. He read it, brought it, gave it to the king. Well, as you heard, the king, he, had it, he read it to the king, and when he read it, the king tore his robes. The king tore his entire robes. He tore everything. He says, oh, my gosh. We have not been doing what God has called us to do. We've not been following the teaching of the word of God. We've been completely off base. We didn't even know what was supposed to be happening because we hadn't been reading the book. And instead... We've been doing our own thing, and we're in a heap of trouble. And so he says, go back and tell the high priest to pray for me and for our people because we're just off base. And he, acts, he shows acts of repentance for having not followed and read the scriptures. Now the bad news is that the secretary goes back and he tells the king, tells the high priest, and the high priest prays for him, and the high priest says two things. He says, you know... The king recognized kind of how he wasn't doing his thing, and he repented, and I'll make sure that he won't see the destruction I'm going to do to those who paid no attention to the word of God. Is that not sobering? 
Is that not just wow? Have we not gone into the temple and found that we, we're so busy doing all the things we want to do? And oh, oh yeah, here, here's the book of the law. Here, here you can have it. Have we read it? Have we seen it? Have we looked at it and evaluated it for our lives? Have we read, marked, inwardly digested? Have we made it the most important thing in our day each day? Have we highlighted it to the value that it is? Or, or is it all those other things and it's just the book of the law that this might mean something to you? That's, that, that's, it's just all week. I can't, can't not stop thinking about how important that is. And I think about what the vestry had done on our vestry retreat last week when we got together. And I just casually sort of mentioned, maybe not so casually, but just sort of in the midst of what, describing to you what we did. We, uh, we discerned who the leaders were and we, we, we talked about discipleship. And I just, it was a sort of a castaway line of sorts. But, but I want you to know that what we discussed and what we see as God perhaps calling us to is a greater priority on each one of us knowing the Word of God and getting into the Word of God and studying the Word of God. I'll even make this sermon shorter as I think about it because what, what you'll see in the, in the gospel this morning is a very powerful line that I think really ties nicely to here is that Jesus is in, given the Sermon on the Mount, all those Beatitudes that are there, and he comes to the disciples and he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Note, he says it personally to you. To you. You're the salt. You're the light. Not you might be. Not you should be. Not you want to be. You are. You are. And that salt that you are, because of the word of God, can penetrate into the lives of people all around us. And you can shine the light of God so that men will see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Because we're impacted by his word and our lives will impact. And so what the vestry has been praying about is how can we as a church begin to focus on each one of us, each one of you, you being me as well, to grow in in, in our faith and our depth and understanding of the word of God. How can we apply it to our lives and how can it not just be, here's the book. That's what we're hoping to see and what we're wanting to see. And, and to shift our align, alignment of our focus on not what, not what a great thing we might do or what a great study might be or what another project might be, but rather, how can you get into the Word of God and know the Word of God, have it penetrate your heart and your life, and where it calls for you to rip off and come into repentance to do that, and where it calls you to seek forgiveness to do that, where it calls you to love your enemies, to do that. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we want to be. It's not just all those other things that keep us busy. And, oh, yeah, we found the book, and here's the book. I guess you can tell it had an impact on me this week. And, and I have three questions that I might forget. So let me ask you those three questions. And then there will be a short sermon as well. So you can, it's a win-win scenario for Sunday. There's an excitement for us to grow this year. And so here we go. Are you daily hearing, reading, marking, and inwardly digesting God's Word? Is the Holy Spirit using the Word of God in your life, in your life, to teach, 
rebuke, correct, and train you in righteousness. If not, today's the day to make a change. Let us pray. Father, there's an excitement burning for having found your word in this, your church. May it penetrate and burn into each of our hearts. May it transform us. May it use us to do what you've called us to do, what you've called us to be in this world, the salt and the light, that we might point others to the truth of your word and to receive new life in your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray this day. Amen.